Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. We'll ask you to share your breadwinning story, too. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplaces that work for all employees. So today, we're going to talk about the first step to actually getting hired, which is the job listing. So, you know... We're, we're a-okay. There, there's no problem there. We're all the same, right? We're good. Okay, there we so, go. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs> good show. Good show. No, I mean, so it's interesting when we look at those. I, mean, I don't even know. I do think so much of this is subconscious, right? Which is what they, what we're about to talk about, what, what people, what different studies have shown. But, but there are certain coded adjectives that read as either masculine or feminine. And I, and I also wonder how this is going to change as pronouns change, as we, as genders are more fluent. This, a lot of this research was, um, yeah, that Dundum. we're about to reference is, uh, it was a little bit ago. So I, I'm curious how this changed, but, or how this will change. But, um, so there was a, there were social sciences scientists at the university of Waterloo and Duke who coded a whole long list of adjectives. And they found that job ads in male dominated fields like software and programming used masculine coded words like competitive and dominate more than job ads in female dominated, dominated fields. So, you know, follow up research confirmed that those words made those job listings less appealing. So they're not using competitive and dominate in the pre K teachers job listing. We need you to dominate. Pre-K alphabets and spelling. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but then the words that they're talking about is like interpersonal. They say that like the feminine words are like interpersonal. Cooperative. So like, collaborative. And it's like, oh, so we shouldn't have any of those. I mean, in actually work with a lot of programmers and software. Like, it is really interesting. It's not just Communication is important for everyone, you know, your ability to communicate and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. 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 We still need those male or female. It, it, yeah. Anywhere right. on the gender spectrum, we still need you to do all, to be competitive and to be supportive. I, don't, I think, you know. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thought um, that study had the thing about the word ninja. Yes, that among the listings that they looked at on Indeed.com, usage of the word ninja increased nearly 400% between January 2012 (laughs) and October 2016. Ha! Now... Now they're saying, you know, that that like keeps women from applying because I guess there are no female ninjas in the I don't know the tech world. Which, come on, if there's any place that is the least ninja-like, it's some software platform company. But <laughs> that said, like there was an era. So I covered the rise of the dot-com bubble, I, the the bubble and the burst when I was at Adweek, and that was the rise 
I don't know. It was the first time I had experienced this craziness, but people were digital Sherpas. That's the digital Sherpas chief happiness officer and you know what? And, and, and so I see where, you know, one person would have something like digital Sherpa and then that would ripple out that they would all need to have goofy names for that as well. And I think digital Sherpa was like CEO. Like I can't even remember. Okay. I think, think it was agency.com, which the best name of an agency ever agency.com. But, but this, <laughs> so I think there are fads to these words, you know, like I wonder if people are still using, this is from 2016. Are people still using ninja, but they are doing things, you know, other words, code words that are meant to sound hip. You know, which end up sounding, I guess, like male. Well, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, no. No, I mean, what what it comes. So there was a guy who went to my daughter's school who who, he was a parent when we were living in Brooklyn. um, And he wrote a book about, uh, about, like, that was called, like, Ninja. I don't know. It's just making me think of this. And the whole thing was like this kid. He saw, he has, my, my daughter has a co- signed copy from the author and it was like the ninja. Wow. And like, he's coming through his house and he's doing all this stuff. And then like, he like jumps to the counter and gets his cookies. And like, he gets like, it's just like him going for cookies. <laughs> like, but it's like, I don't know. Like we use this word, but it's, you know, whatever. Well, I'm just thinking about maybe, maybe the ninjas and the software development officer just all. Yeah, yeah. Just, they're, 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 when they go to the kitchen, they, you know, make their cookies or I don't know. But so the other word that they said rose was dominant. That rose yeah. by 65% in the same time period. Now, is that really? I, it, so then you, you know, as a social scientist who's going through qualitative research, you know, they're coding the words. So they have to make a right. call of what they're going to call masculine and feminine or their study doesn't work. So I get it. But um, it is a little like, I guess so. I, I do. Part of me, part of me says like, really, women can't be dominant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important question. Um, and so there's a behavioral economist uh, at Harvard Business School named Iris Bonet, maybe related to Lisa Bonet. Is that how you pronounce her name? Um, a, not how Lisa Bonet spells it. B, we don't know how she pronounced it, but let's say. <laughs> let's say Bonet. Um, I don't remember how Lisa spelled it. Um, anyway, so, so what she's talking about, she's done uh, she's the co-chair of Harvard's Behavioral Insights Group, and she directs the Women in Public Policy Program at the Kennedy School, the Harvard Kennedy School. And so she has a book, What Works, Gender Equality by Design. So she's, she talks about two different things. There's definitely um, how to take the bias out of the application process and how to de-bias some of this stuff, but also recognizing that our minds are pretty stubborn beasts, she says, that are pretty hard to change. So even right. if we're actively trying to de-bias uh, mitigate, you know, job listing gender bias. Um, it we do have to get used to understanding these um, these adjectives. Yeah, because I tell you, you know, as much as I say, like, what women could dominate. Um, I do know, as you know, we've all looked at a gazillion job listings that you you do see these words and you think, Ugh, you know, like dominate, yeah. and it's like, you know, <laughs> right. listen, dude, I'm going to work super hard. I'm going to come up with some great ideas. I'm going to come up with some stinky ideas, and you know, I almost feel that way about the words that 
and I'm I'm making an assumption that these are seen as feminine, so I could be wrong. But the whole collaborative and communicative and all that sort of stuff um, that like I I find those words kind of annoying too because we like what what workplace culture doesn't need communication and collaboration, you know? So yeah, all these job listings are silly. I mean, you know, in a sense that because they're putting out a, a document that is trying to explain their desperate need for the right person and and. It's that's not going to do it, but it is going to put me off and 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 probably men, too, and women, too, that look at that and think not that that job's not for me, you know? Yeah. And yeah, themselves out before even applying because there's so many of them. Yeah, because I think it's a culture thing. I I think Mm -hmm. you're. Every, you know, they're looking through your resume to try to figure out who you are. And you're looking at the job resume, trying to see, you know, squint and see, what do I see here? Is this a bunch of guys in flannel jeans and puffer vests and or hoodies? Then, you know, not for me, maybe. And and so you, you lose out on having me apply for stuff. So I, I think it's... I think it's it, it's even more important than the individual applying for the job. It it does reflect something larger, I think. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. No, and there was a study in 2011 by um that was published in the American Psychological Association. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of their name. Goucher. <laughs> See, let's make you say these names so that you can butcher them. <laughs> And okay, so it's evidence of evidence. What is happening? <laughs> evidence that gendered wording in job advertisements exists and sustains gender equality. So what's awesome about I mean, they, they basically looked at gender wording and job descriptions and, and how that impacts job seekers. Um, you know, and some of it points to to stuff we mentioned just a few minutes ago. But what's interesting is they from their from their article um, emerged something called a gender decoder. Oh, uh, that's cool. And or yeah, gender decoder. So yeah, t- like for job ads. So we we'll post this um, in the notes for this episode. But we they basically are able to identify that you know even if we think we're putting in a really quote unquote n- gender neutral job description, you know, they, you can, they'll, you can paste it in and they're going to tell you if this sounds, you know, what language kind of falls more into one category than the other. Oh, that's interesting. Cause they're yeah. talking about, cause they, so they've called it. And I guess, you know, if you think that, cause some of their masculine words are ambitious, analytical, Mm-hmm. decisive, confident. And, and I think, and then the feminine themed words were committed, connected, dependable, okay. interpersonal, loyal, almost like a dog, uh, <laughs> responsible, supportive. I guess part of it is that if you're, if you do it and I, I, I now don't you want to take every job description and run it through the decoder? I do. I do. Yeah. And that if you want to use the word uh, active or analytical, then you're like, no, it's, it is appropriate here. You know, like yeah. we, we, this is an analytical job and we want to talk about analytical, but if it's unnecessary and you're just, you know, pumping it yeah. full of these words. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, as we were saying, this was a study that was done in, in 2011. I'm hoping nine years later, like some of these words, like leader is absolutely not, should not just be associated. I, I, I mean, 
again, as as uh, Bonet said or whatever, we <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, I think that I think that we are so stuck. Like these, we do have these assumptions that that are you know unconscious yeah. biases, right? So we might. Um, you know, we might, if we were like asked in a split second to say, do we associate leader with masculine or feminine? We might say masculine, but you know, I think that some of these words, independent leader, like really, like we, we we can't, we can't, you know, also as as we were saying, like collaborative, I mean, some of these have to go both ways. You, You need them both. But what was interesting about their study is that, you know, as when, when participants, um, when there were job advertisements that were more masculine than fem- feminine, as you were talking about earlier, participants thought there were more guys in hoodies, more men, more whatever um, in, within these occupations, within these companies. And so then they consequently found women found these jobs less appealing. Right. Because you, right. you were looking to see yourself. You, you, yeah. it, which is so we, we talk about that a lot when you're actually in a job and you're looking up and you're looking for role models. Like, do I see another woman? Do I see, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, do I see someone who looks like me anywhere above me? And I, you know, I don't think about it as much, but I, uh, but it, it's so true. Like I, I got called in to talk about a job and make a pitch for this, launching this site. And I was sitting on their modular furniture and they're all, you know, their warehouse type plates and already you can hear me, you know, like already dismissive. Everybody who walked by me was um, at least 20 years younger than me. No disrespect. I, you know, I can, I can work with the young kids, but they were all dressed the same. Like, yeah, hilariously all dressed the same. And the, and it's one of those things where they would have never thought they were, but as it really made me feel like an outsider because I could see how similar they all were in so many respects, uh, culturally, not even like, oh, male, female, though it was really predominantly male. It was a super techie company, but uh-huh. the, they were dressing the same and they were even like walking the same. Like it just so immediately I think, oh, I don't know that I'm going to be comfortable here. I know. I, I think I already know how the story ends. And, yeah. you know. Well, there's, there's an interesting scene. You know, I love my TV show references. I was not into the TV show Working Moms um, initially, mainly because when it came out, I was like, you know, as two people who've been doing this work for a long time, you literally ran Working Mother Magazine. Like, it's like, do we want to watch another show about Working Moms? And God bless my sister-in-law, Katrina, who's an amazing new mom. Um, I love her. I'm so proud of her. She, when she was pregnant, she was like, have you seen this show? I'm watching it. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, my sister-in-law's watching it. I'll watch it with her. I ended up going way ahead of her because it, it is really <laughs> funny and brilliantly done. But in one episode, actually, this is – so basically, she um, she's in a big, big presentation. She gets this, like, one woman who's in advertising gets a big, big shot at, like, you know, at, at make, like, huge leap in her career. And, at the t- and then she's there and her son – get sick and she has to leave the meeting. And then um, basically within her company, she's demoted to like a contractor. Um, and so she, yeah. So she looks for another job and she goes into this like young, like hip, whatever. I mean, what a hip, like just like this kind of very, very young um, millennial Gen Z like yeah. company. Um, and so she goes in and like tries to change. They're like, do you, you know, the interviewer says, 
do you have kids? And she's like, what? No. Like that, <laughs> that's, and then like someone else comes in and they're like, we believe that having, you know, that parenthood can make you more empathetic to it. She's like, oh, okay. Like she's, she's <laughs> trying to like wear the clothes. She's trying to completely fit into this culture. That's so alien to her. And it's just a really, it, I think the show does a really good job, but that was a really funny way. She like tries to like change the way she's talking and like, <laughs> she, she like changes. Yeah. And that's the thing with the culture is that then you just keep hiring the same people over and over again. Right. You know, yeah. 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 I th- that's a moment where you have to, well, so you have to overcompensate when you're interviewing someone who's not of, you know, the usual crowd you're talking to, but that's with the, the job listing. Now you got me all inspired that you have to like, this is why it's so important because it, it, it's so easy to fall into a pattern that excludes without even meaning to. Right. That like yeah. you, you and I read it and uh, being similar, smart women to say like, oh, no, you know, like, uh, I, I know I'm not a ninja, you, you know, roll right. my eyes, you know, kind of thing. So right. of myself. So I was intrigued with some of the research about this of saying to check for pronouns in your job description. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I sure. guess I guess because I always write them in like, what is it like? third, fourth person. I don't know. As the wordsmith of us, I'm sorry that I don't know the grammatical thing, but I guess that's a thing. Like he will report to or whatever. You you know, you will report to if you are. I think that one makes more sense to me. I'm not a fan of the she, he, like the S. No, 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 definitely not. And they, you know, yeah, I think that's, that's an important important piece. I think the you is actually, you know, as somebody who works in essentially, you know, people, (laughs) like, I think there's something really appealing to say you, I think it's, I think it's not only like, right. Like you, we already want you, you know, so as you're reading it, you feel like, you know, you know how like real estate people do because that that's my jam. I, when I'm watching TV, it's all the heart, home and garden TV. But they always yeah, say, yeah. "This is your bedroom." You know, let's go check your master suite. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of thing. It's, it's a good trick. It works. Yeah, yeah. What, no, I think that makes sense. What do you think about the idea of avoiding superlatives? Yeah, what? Right? I, mean, I know we read that in in a couple different places, but like. I know. So the idea being that women are less likely to brag about their accomplishments and to take that one step further if they, <laughs> if they, I mean, right. Well, but like, you know, if they see superlatives, then they're not going to apply. So shout out to our friend, um, Meredith Feynman, who wrote a book called Brag Better, um, who's, you know, I think there's a lot of different, uh, messages about how to get, how to, how to do away with that assumption that, that, you know, women, for whatever reason, can't, you know, don't yeah. identify with a, with an organization or a, t- or a job, a position that uses superlatives. I mean, I think, I think we're all getting better um, at that, but I mean, I, I would guess, I don't know, I guess for some people it, it, it's. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, some of the, uh, the yeah. ones that they're yeah. saying are like expert, superior, world-class. I do hate world-class. Because yeah, no, you're not. Awesome. <laughs> it just makes me think that, like, I don't know, I'm drinking like German coffee in a high rise building with windows. <laughs> and it's not even like a, I guess it is a gender thing. I just find it off putting as a whole. 
you know, yeah, just like, you, you know, it's an eye roll. You're full of yourself, you know. Yeah. No, no, no. Totally pitch yourself as a great place to work and whatnot. But like, uh, yeah, world class is, you know, groundbreaking and breathtaking. And like, it's so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I mean, yeah. It, the, um, it's also the stringing them together. I think that is a problem. Right. You know? Right, when you've got like 12 of them in a row. The world class must have, blah, 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 or the world class, you know, groundbreaking. Yeah. Leader, you know, like it's just, it's a little, it's a bit much. So I think, and, it, and I wonder, like you're talking about like doing this research again. I, I really do believe if, if only because we've, we've woken up to the idea of, of it isn't, gender doesn't present binary. And yeah. that, that we're all kind of flowing and doing. And, and so that alone changes how, who are we talking to and how are we talking yeah. to them? And yeah. yay. So, and that's a big difference and it happened very fast. So I think, I think to the, you know, going on almost 10 years later, I think this is still very real, but I think maybe the language has modified a bit. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's true. I think that's true. I mean, you know, some of the other, you know, if we think about some of the other suggestions we've seen for how to de, to de-gender uh, some of these job descriptions, you know, some of the, some of the suggestions are to look at the requirements, figure out, you know, do you need all of the things that you're saying is requirements? Have you, you know? seen those ones where they go on for like, they, they have like subheads and then yeah. there's like 30 of them and like, yeah. oh, you just need, you need everything. Okay. I get it. It's, you know, plus I never take that seriously. Do you, you know, to take the requirements seriously Yeah, when there's like 30 of them. Oh, when know? there's 30. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but it's interesting as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about a job, um, that, that there I've been involved in recruiting for where we specifically would like to find someone, um, who's male, who, you know, that this would appeal to. And I'm just thinking about the requirements and like how, you know, when you paint them all together, does it sound, what does it sound like? It's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, but then thinking about, could you limit those like one or more of the following or two or more, right? Like, or what's the most major requirement instead of like everything, uh, you know, under the sun must be world-class. Um, so I think that's, yeah, that's important. Well, and, and so then also, I think it is an opportunity to pitch yourself as a company and say, Hey, let's be out there and say, we have paid family leave here. We have paid yeah. sick days. We have, we need support flexible work. We do, yep. you know, whatever, whatever it is that, that, you know, your company is very proud of. Yeah. Say it, be loud and proud and say it right then, you know? Yeah. This is the time to do that. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. When because you're in that. We've talked about it before that there are people who are afraid to change jobs because they've, they've gotten to some level of flexibility, autonomy and whatnot. And it's, you know, the prospect of starting over again is, is too much and it keeps them kind of stuck, uh, for a while. Yeah. So yeah, saying you support that right from the get go. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. I love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Or, you know, we don't even have to do a job listing. You know, y'all can just call us and hire us right off without a job listing. And that'll be fine too. We'll, we'll take there it. You go. 
Yeah. Well, and then you won't have to worry about gendered language. Let's see. But you do have to say you are the best world-class podcasters I've ever heard. That's right. And that, that'll be the first thing. And then we'll say, but we're women. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't brag about ourselves. We can't brag. Oh, oh boy. Well, we'll brag better, Meredith. I'm yes. Shouting out well, that book. Thank you for joining us today on The Breadwinners. Whether you're a chance or choice breadwinner, we hope you enjoyed the time you spent with us and that you'll share your own job listing story with us on thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Um, please share with us your your most egregious ones because there's nothing more enjoyable than, than goofy job listings. We would love to read them. But please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.